All right. Uh, hello and welcome to episode 11 of Basement Voice 2 podcast. And uh, this is your one of your hosts, Ward, uh, doing another uh, lonesome intro to the show. But I wanted to just go ahead and give a heads up really quick that the first six minutes of the episode were lost to technical difficulties with the software again. Um, in fact, the entire episode was lost to technical software difficulties, but fortunately for us, we did manage to pick up and start recording the episode about six minutes into our discussion on Facebook Live, so I was able to recapture the audio from there and uh, save it. So, um, in the future, not that it matters to you, I'm going to put some measures in place to prevent this from happening again because um, it was annoying. I did do some research to see if I was able to recover the lost audio and it, I could recover bits and pieces, but there were still fragments missing. So I just didn't even bother to try to piece those first six minutes together. Well, no, I, I bothered, but I eventually opted to not bother because the hours of time to save six minutes did not seem uh, worth the investment. Uh, we basically talk about our Fitbit uh, progress and uh, envy over Derek's uh, girlfriend and how much she's able to progress with that. And then we kind of, we're still discussing that as we get into the uh, episode proper that I will go ahead and post here so there's no intro music for this episode uh just purely based on that it was lost at the beginning but so what you hear now is what um facebook captured when we hit record there do enjoy not inviting brie anymore because right it, because she it just destroyed reduces us, us to a very to a, sh- to a shell, state of affairs. To yeah. sh- shell of who we used to be. Right. Because <laughs> she does t- uh, 20,000 steps before lunch, basically, or 10,000 before lunch or yeah. something like that. It's like ridiculous. Well, so anyway. Office jobs. Yeah. I'm lucky if I break seven in a day. <laughs> you having a little more trouble? Hit. Yeah, man. I, I, I have it set for 10,000. I did really good that first week, and I've still been having a hard time get back and getting it's, back into that mode. It's hard when, you are, when you're not in the mode for it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get into it. And like you kind of cued, like clued me in on the uh, uh, looking at the tracking for being like on track and yeah, uh-huh. under target and over target right. on Fitbit because. I have mine synced up to work with my Lose It app. Right, yeah. And so everything transfers over, which is fine because I'm still tracking on Lose It uh-huh. because it has all the mm-hmm. right yeah. all the barcodes and shit I've scanned for the yeah. past six years. Yeah, hard to just change from that. So everything transfers over there, which is great. Um, but I've just been at this steady plateau for the longest time. And mm-hmm. one of the things I think I, you know, I'd love to just say I'm experimenting with the, right. the app, but I'm just a terrible, terrible person when it comes to self-control. Yeah, me too. Um, I have red vines and Oreos in the house. <laughs> Those are going to get abused. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm doing good here and there, you know. <clears throat> I'm doing a lot better with Porsche control and stuff like that. I'm not, let's say since I've gotten the Fitbit, 
I did gain over Christmas. I I mean, I, for one of the, for one of the weeks during Christmas break, I didn't even wear it. I mean, I, yeah. I was like, I, I, you know, I feel bad about myself. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm not wearing this thing. Um, so I gained about ten pounds over break. That's probably a lot of water weight. It was probably about five, realistically. Right. But I'm back down about about ten again. You know. Yeah. But now I'm just maintaining. <clears throat> I'm like maintaining the weight I was at before Christmas, and I haven't like lost anymore. Uh, and and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm grateful to not be gaining. Right, but like, you want to have, great, some, but I want to lose. Right. Well, that was uh, when we booked uh, we booked our trip to New York in September. Right. And at that time, I was like, "Well, this is great. I have four months to try and lose." Right. Um, and my goal was was very lofty at first. Right. Um, I wanted to lose another twenty pounds. Right. <laughs> A week later, I wanted to lose another another ten pounds. We'll just say just ten pounds. We'll just, just, just try to lose pounds. ten pounds. Right. As time progressed, <laughs> that goal became more and more pressing, but also more and more unrealistic because right, yeah. I started to gain. And so then, basically, what it amounts to is I'm lucky to be going at the same weight that I was right at the time that I set well, the goal. Good. Like, and like I said, and just like when I got my, I got my Fitbit for my birthday on December 5th. Yeah. I'm now at the same weight I was, give or take, mostly take about, I got, because I got the Fitbit, lost about five pounds. Yeah. So I'm back down to like that weight when I got the Fitbit. So it's like I haven't like gained a bunch, which is fine. Yeah. But like I want to lose now. Well, that's the pro- that's the thing. And like this week, um, this week I kind of like buckled down because I was like, not because I I'm like I got to lose all this weight before we go to New York, but I also know when I get to New York I'm gonna eat terribly. Right. Okay. So I need to try to do something to kind of. You're gonna walk a lot too, that. though. I am. I am. You're gonna walk a lot in New York. Yeah. You're gonna. You're wearing the Fitbit. Oh yeah. You have the leather band. Yeah, I got the leather band. You. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really interested to see what what kind of steps you put in over there. Yeah. I, I'm always kind of interested to see what they put on. You know what what steps that New Yorkers do. You know. Yeah. Now, granted, you're gonna be a tourist, so you'll put on more. Right. Well, we're going to be walking most everywhere we go. I mean, right. we're, we're kind of centrally located. There's going to be a little bit of riding places, like we're going to go to Hoboken. Oh, cool. Um, to go to Carlos Bakery. Cool. You know who that is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Because um, there's one in New York, too, but the Hoboken one's the right. original deal. That's cool. But And then I think we're going to go out to the Statue <laughs> of Liberty, and that's a bit of a... that's a that's a jog, so we'd have to yeah. either plan a day of walking the entire day or get an Uber. We're gonna get Uber, so that's gonna be a new thing for me. Yeah, I did. I, I rode an Uber in Seattle, and that was interesting. I think we have Uber here. You know, we that? do. We did get one. I think we have I one or two. One. one or two. Yeah, yeah. I but I rode an Uber in in Seattle for the first time. That's such a small town thing, right? Yeah. I rode an Uber for the first time. <laughs> but honestly, it's really convenient. Oh yeah, super convenient. Well, all your all your money is there. Uh, like you don't have to. No, you don't have to exchange cash. Or anything. cash it's just right there. 
pay for it on the All app. You're stuff. done. Yeah. And um, if you download the Uber app on your phone, I believe uh, they always do like specials and stuff too. Yeah, I uh, think so. Like when you first get it. So yeah. Well, we talked about going out to. Um, and, well, and I'll preface this by saying I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, Jay and Silent Bob fan. Right. We're close to Red Bank, New Jersey, to go out to Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. Oh, cool. But not close enough, in my estimation, to spare the time to get out there and the money oh, that it would okay. cost to ride the Uber out and back. We might change our mind. When we're there, if we're at a, if we're at a lack for something to do, or we're like, what do we do now? Then maybe right. we'll look at that. But it was what it, it's sad because I would love to go out there and oh yeah, see the you know because I've watched Comic Book Man and, right, it, and it'd be cool to go out and see the store. But at the same time, I'm just like ah, so far, yeah. But in you know, given the amount of time that we have to do what we're doing. So it's kind of like the idea of going to like going to Disney World and then being like, let's go to Universal. But then you like kind of realize that it's not like Universal's like by Disney World. It's like in Orlando. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not like a it's not like you can just walk down the street from Disney World to go to Universal. Yeah. It's well, like even a, in uh, ca- even in California, Universal, we were our hotel was right by Disneyland. Like walking distance, it took us 15 minutes to walk there, maybe even less. Um, but to drive out to Universal, it's not very far. But to drive in LA, um, we drove out there. It was an hour drive. Oh yeah, an hour see. plus drive getting out there. Yeah, but so we did it. But I mean, yeah, it's just I think the, in your head though, you're like, oh, it's that's easy. It's close. Yeah, but but then you're like, oh, it's not that close. That's, yeah, that's right. This is actually quite inconvenient. Oh yeah, well, and driving. Um, I'm not a big fan of driving on. Uh, in big cities either. Oh yeah, um, me either. Well, and I I remember when we were over in California doing this. I just can't imagine, like, living and working. Oh, there and having to get places. Can you imagine? Could you imagine that? Like commute? the amount of time you're commuting to where you have could to go. Could you imagine? I can't even imagine that. No, you really couldn't imagine. No, I, yeah, I work from home, so I kind of. But still, still, even when you didn't work from home, everything, everything in our area is five, ten minutes away, and we bitch about it. <laughs> and we way bitch about it. <laughs> I made the joke about Nathan living in the Heights. Yeah. And saying, so you might away. as well be in Africa now. Yeah. When he moved up there, I told him, you might as well be in Africa now. I'll never see you. Yeah. But it really is. It, it's, it's, well, we complain about it. How it's many like people driving to going to Costco. It's like, I got to plan. You got to plan the day. I'm like, yeah, around going to Costco. And part of that's the way the road's made. But I mean, but people not really. do the kind of stuff all the time. It's a 15, it's 15 minutes. It's 15 but minutes I'm going acting slow. like it's 15 <laughs> hours out of my day. Right. But you totally do. I mean, I remember I remember when Walmart moved to Oh, I had Clarkson. such a problem with that. <laughs> so did I. I don't need more cuz I don't shop at Walmart no, neither hardly do at all I. anymore. No, I don't shop at Walmart either and it's some principle, but it's also because it's over in Clarkston. Right, right. Like why? Yeah. I I rarely go to Walmart now. I would say 
at one point when Walmart was where uh, North 40 is now. Right. I went to Walmart probably twice a month. Yeah. Minimum. There, I mean, there was a while there where I went to Walmart probably once a week. Yeah. I mean, there were times I'd say av- I <clears throat> even averaged more because there were times I'd go, go more than once a week. Yeah. If I was wanting something. Yeah. But Walmart moved. Guess what, Walmart? Then Amazon started making more of my money because I just started going to Amazon for stuff because right. I'm like, I can wait. I can wait. Yeah. Yeah. I can be patient. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather I wait two days. I don't have to wait that for long. For whatever I'm ordering. I don't have to wait that long. It's two days for Prime. Yeah. Sorry. Pass. Then dry, then spend half an hour. <laughs> I'd rather wait two days than spend half an hour driving to and from Walmart. To I think I the need. biggest loss that I've that we have in the valley here, and and this is this is I'm speaking more for for Bree, and that's uh that's the loss of Hastings. Yeah, uh, and if there have been and when Hastings first left, which for if you're not from the area, Hastings is a book and game store. That we had that yeah. was really the only. It's like, it's like a poor man's, uh, Barnes and Noble, but had more to offer. Well, yeah, I mean, and yeah, and also had video games and stuff. Well, too. yeah, it was that had the Blockbuster Incorporation with it because it right. was it. It completely was moving away from like renting videos almost. Right, yeah. it seemed, and I thought I was like. They're going to redo their business model. Nope, they're just going to close. Yeah, it is closed. And what's is what's the shame about it? The real shame is that there are times on Saturday afternoon where Bree and I are like, "Well, let's leave the house. Like we've been at home all day playing video games or whatever. Let's go somewhere." Yeah. And now there isn't really a place here to just, you know, just right. go no. to. Yeah. The well, and we went to Hastings. <laughs> it was kind of like a place to get. Like I took my kids there to get comics. Right. And things like that. And there's not a really a... No. I mean, I mean, now they're, you know, my son will get excited about going to the pawn shop to get old video games. Right. And there's, yeah. Or, or uh, you know, I mean, I've occasionally made it over to Game Play or whatever that is over in, in Clarkston, their little store on 6th. And, of course, there's the comic book store on Main Street, the one that I used to own. Yeah. And I'll go in there when I'm down there, but I don't live downtown. Right. I live up. I live in the orchards, ten minutes away. So now, tell me about your comic book store. Was it a comic book store when you opened it? Yeah, it was. Well, so it like was actually the, there was a previous owner that no, no, no. operated it as a comic book store, or you opened it as I a comic it. book store. So I was in. I bought myself a twenty eighth birthday. I bought myself a Batman tattoo. Uh-huh. I bought myself a tattoo and became friends with the tattoo artist kind of through a few other tattoos I started getting. And he asked me what I was doing when I graduated college. I told him that I always kind of wanted to do a comic book store. And he's like, why don't you open up one in our shop? Like they had this huge tattoo shop in this whole back area that nobody was using. It was just empty. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I don't have kids. I had the savings. I had a credit card. <laughs> um, you know, and I the, just the stars aligned. Yeah, I just had I had just graduated college, so uh, you know, it's not like I, I I was working at Rite Aid. It's not like I was really a, attached to the job I had, right? And I had gotten my my life expenditures uh, down to really nothing. I mean, really next to nothing. So it was a good time. 
So I graduated in May. I agreed to open up the store in June. I started compiling all of my collection. I had about 10 boxes of comic books. Wow. And a ton of other stuff, DVDs and stuff. I mean, DVDs I hadn't even opened or yeah. like, that had the cellophane on them, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, you know, because I was the type of guy who would walk by the bin at Walmart. And yeah, we have. The, we we uh, pulled just out a billion Uncle movies. Buck to watch it the other day, and the kids are like, this hasn't even been unwrapped yet. Right. Because like, yeah. we bought it for $5. <laughs> right. But, so I had a million movies like that, you know? So I was like, yeah, let's do this. And I was going to open up the store with the idea of doing the store and having a Let's Play gaming channel from the store, which I thought would have been really cool. That ended up being pretty cool, but the internet was terrible. So the quality was garbage of the show itself. Oh, right? uh-huh. Hindsight 2020, I wish I would have just got my own internet in that, in that little area, like my own business internet, and it yeah. would have been fine. But I was using theirs. It was wireless. It was bad. Um. Open up the comic book store using my collection. And uh, so I opened it up at first using my collection and then maxed out a credit card getting inventory for the store, basically. <laughs> I'm not, not all in one fell swoop, but right. over the course of a year, I maxed out a credit card doing that store. It's the first credit card I ever had maxed out uh, doing that store. Uh, I'm still paying that sucker off. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, I think, still getting paid. Uh, That's right. I, there's a lot that went into that, too. Yeah. But, um, so paying off the the card, um, had the store running, ran it for a year. Um, about eight months into running the store, one of the tattoo artists who I'd also worked out the deal with approached me about buying out half of it and cutting my rent in half. And that was kind of the deal. Like he gave me money for inventory and stuff, and then he cut my rent in half, which made it sustainable to run for you know for longer. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. I want a business partner. He's a great guy. Still a great guy, ran the business with him. He didn't. He didn't want. He he didn't take any creative control or anything. He let me do all the ordering and stuff. He just wanted a piece of it. He really yeah. liked what we were doing. He wanted a piece of it. Still let me. You know, didn't come in to change a bunch of stuff. I still did the let's play. We still did. You know, our whatever whatever we were doing. Um, it was awesome. About five months later, because I owned it for about a year, year and two months. About five months later, um, I kind of got like this. Well, well, really, what it really comes down to, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of a depressing thing, but I went on a Tinder date with this girl who is a an attorney. She's uh-huh. an attorney, and she works at WSU or worked at WSU at the time. Okay. Before we, I want to finish this, yeah. because, but I, I came and saw you. Yeah, I remember that. Had you gone out with this person at that point? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, so were you at the tail? Uh, well, you well, can we, tell the. We only went out for, I mean, we only went out for a couple weeks. Okay. You know, we, well, we met on a dating, I don't think it was Tinder, it was a dating site. It was probably OkCupid or Plenty of Fish or some shit, you know. Yeah. I was dating. I had been recently broken up with that's another thing too is when i went into doing the comic book store i was dating somebody who was really supportive of it and we, we were kind of a team you know she was she was going to absorb some of the she was going to pay our rent yeah you know like she, we were a team and then right before i opened the store she started dating somebody else like she she 
she decided we didn't, you know, we kind of kind of mutually decided things weren't going well and then decided right away it was breaking up. So I moved out into like my friend's basement, which oh, was wow. still fine. I was only paying $200 a month. My friend uh, who... Uh, well, you stayed friends with uh, the ex too, didn't you? Oh, yeah. We still, yeah, we're still friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it, there was no malice there, man. I, I, Sometimes I don't things know, just don't work. I don't work. know how to be mad at somebody who was honest that she uh, started talking to somebody she went to high school with and decided that she liked him and now they're married and have a kid. Like, I don't know how to be mad about that. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know how to be mad about somebody who was honest, who broke up with me because she decided she had feelings for somebody she had had feelings for since they were friends in high school. Right. And then told me before anything happened. And then we break up. And then a week later, she was dating him. Like, I, like, I mean, I was sour at the time. Well, but yeah, I mean, uh... but honestly, it didn't take very much time for me to be like, I'm friends with both of them on Facebook. Her and the husband. Yeah. And they're, he's a great guy. They're, he's funny. She's funny. Like, whatever. Yeah. It's hard to be mad about it, you know? And so that was fine. Like, when I moved out, moved into my friend's basement, um, he let me go. As a birthday present, he let me go about three months of not paying rent, which was super cool. I got the store going. That was cool. Uh, I was working at FedEx at the time as a loader, so I was using my FedEx money to pay... Basically, the bare minimum of like my my I help them with groceries and you know yeah and just surviving you know <laughs> and every dime that came from the store I'd funnel back into the store yeah I mean it paid for itself it paid the rent it paid for inventory and of course I had a credit card um so about five months yeah about five months before I before I sold it completely uh the business partner. Uh, he offered to buy out half of it, which would save on the rent, which could keep it going further. I was totally stoked about. Um, then I went on the Tinder dates with this girl who was an attorney. Uh-huh. And it was kind of, or it was just kind of this weirdest thing where we went on a few dates and then she basically told me, basically she said that I, you know, I'm still a kid. You know, I, that I didn't have like realistic expectations from life, blah, blah, blah. She's an attorney. She needs somebody that has her shit together, blah, 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 you know? And at the time I was like, okay, well screw you, you know, whatever. Right. right. But then it's, I kind of started eating at me a little bit, you know, where I was like, you know, I don't have health insurance. I'm living in my friend's basement. I am kind of mooching off my friends. I'm mooching off my family. You know, I'm like graduated college. I have a degree and I haven't made one, one payment <laughs> on my, on my student loan. You know, if I get it's sick, deferred. Yeah. Yeah. It's deferred. <laughs> if I get sick, yeah, you know, I can never go to the hospital or the doctor or anything because I don't have health insurance. And, uh, so it started eating at me and it, this is, this is, by the way, this is from looking back at it and like, thinking about it. This isn't something I thought about at the time. So I started applying for, because I was working at FedEx at the time. So I started applying for part-time jobs. I realized, I had done the math and realized that the slowest part of the day at the comic book store, because I would get off work at FedEx in the morning at like 6 o'clock in the morning, or 7 o'clock in the morning, go home, shower, go right into the shop and be open from 8 in the morning till about 6 or 7 at night. Be there all day. 
Yeah. All day. And, you know, we started looking at all of, I start, you know, I, I did pretty good at keeping track of all the sales and stuff and realized that the slowest time of the day for was from about eight in the morning when I got there till about one or two in the afternoon. That's when kids started getting out of school. That's when people like parents were starting to bring their kids down to the store or adults would come down. Generating quite a bit of business there. Yeah. For, I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the best business I got was from the people who came to do special orders or who had, uh, who had subscriptions. We had a subscription. Oh, cool. Uh, where, how did you get the word of mouth out? Facebook. Just Facebook? Facebook and word of mouth. I mean, nice. people will tell their friends. They tell their friends. Facebook, I advertise all the time on Facebook. Well, it's a corner of the market that isn't oh, really yeah. here. So, Right, yeah. And so, um, so I, I started applying a job at the, at the college um, because they had part-time like office assistants. And I had interviewed for one position at the college as an office assistant with the admissions office. And, they, and it was cool because the shift that they were going to let me work would be from 8 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon. Or eight or nine, because yeah. they would let me keep my FedEx job. I can go home and shower, go to work. So originally, I was going to work at FedEx, then go to work at the college in the office in, as an office assistant, then go to the comic book store from about two in the afternoon till about the same time. And I would just start doing that. And that was how I was going to start really getting a grasp on being able to pay for my lifestyle outside of there. I wanted to move out. I wanted to get my own place, be on my feet but also still do the store, you know, yeah. want my cake and eat it too. Well, I ended up that I interviewed for the job. I got the job. They offered me the job, but I had interviewed for another job at the college too, which was a full-time position and kind of got a wild hair and took the job, the full-time one, the full-time job. Yeah. So I started working with the partner that I had sold half the store to he had agreed to run the store till about five. I'd get off work, go down to the comic book store, work from about five till about 10. No more FedEx. Yeah. And, and do, do, you know, just do it that way. I did it that way till about October of that, of that year. And finally, you know, that just started draining on me. And one of the tattoo artists approached me about, you know, I didn't seem like I was very committed, which it's not that I wasn't committed. I was just exhausted yeah just a plain exhausted i'm working you know 55 60 hours a week you know then i would be open all weekend <laughs> no yeah. days off started using it was nice because i was and of course i was in the credit card debt you know trying to get a place and so eventually um i sold the remaining my remaining shares basically to my partner so oh. And there we were cool. No, no heartache. No, no one was mad. I sold it to him. I was so and he's sad. He's still running it. He's still running it. He's actually moved next door. Uh, they have a. They're in the Main Street Market now. Like they, the oh. little marketplace down there. They have uh -huh. a way bigger space. And then he sold mild shares to somebody else. This guy named Ryan, who's worked in the industry, in oh, the comic nice. book industry. And he knows gaming and they do gaming every night and like they play D and D and magic and they have a ton of stuff that happens. They make a ton of money. One of the things that happens is Hastings went out of business. Yeah, exactly. So they bought a ton of fixtures from Hastings. It looks awesome in there. That's awesome. You know, I, I don't have a business degree. I had no 
business running that business. I mean, I, I don't have a business degree, you know? Yeah. I had a ton of fun. It was a great year and two months. It was awesome. But ultimately, you know, ultimately it wasn't, uh, this one, please. Uh, it wasn't, you know, I, I'm not a businessman. I'm not, uh, not on that scale, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I had experience of ordering inventory and working with vendors. I'm not bad there. It's just the bookkeeping was hard. Right. You know, I wasn't using Excel even. And I wish I, if I didn't know how to use Excel, I didn't learn how to use Excel until my, until I worked, started working, you know, in an office. Right. You know, and I don't even work in the same place that I work in that I took the job that I left the comic book store for. I don't even work in that position anymore. Right. Um, but I used the experience I got in that office to do my current to transition. Right. Yeah. You know, and now I'm, I'm on a completely different track now, but I mean, I definitely have some, some love for that comic book store. Still, that was a, one of the greatest years. Yeah. But, but it took like that looking back and reflecting on what that, that, that attorney had said, you know, it was just like, I'm not ever going to find anybody that's like serious, you know, until, until I, uh, you know, get my shit together is basically what it came down to. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a good moped, but I want to be a sedan. <laughs> no, I, I, well, I, I redefined the moped term. You know, the moped was like a chubby person. They're the chubby people are like mopeds, right? Because they're fun to ride until your friends catch you. But to me, mopeds are, they're fun to ride and they're, pretty cool but they're kind of seasonal and they're not very reliable <laughs> like you know i'm not gonna ride my moped if it's snowing outside right right so i needed to be a sedan like a good a good working sedan in order to find something serious and and ultimately it stinks out to change your life your life your i, I could have found somebody i'm sure but you know i this is like I said. This is in retrospect. I didn't think any of this when I sold the store or did any. This, this right. is from looking right. back, and I know. I mean, I know that definitely. <clears throat> that definitely dug into me a bit. It's a dig. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, uh, well, I think that when you said that, it always reminds me of my interactions with Josh because I I ended up, um digging him a little bit because uh uh well i always called him peter pan <laughs> because well, i know yeah his, but he but, but and there was an age difference between us but at the same time if i were to be sitting with the me from the josh era right the me now would be judging the me from then oh i agree no, on, no, I on, on that me's maturity because well yeah i mean it's a it's an ever changing. I mean, I game. I love the work. I I like the work I do a lot now. Yeah, it's never gonna be owning a comic book store, though. You know, it's not ever gonna be that. It's it's yeah. a I have a big boy job now. Well, and that, yeah. Well, when I went to when I graduated high school, um, I had ambitions of doing like uh, working in like theater and doing right, yeah. acting and that kind of thing. And, uh, and I did a little bit of that in college. I was, I wrote a one act play. I performed in a few plays and, 
and uh, directed a play. But then there came a point, student loans played a, a factor in, in the ability to, right. to actually live played a factor as well. But also I, I was kind of like, I was always had a little bit, my head, my one foot on the ground kind of right. mentality where I never really wanted to kind of go crazy. I couldn't just up and go. Like I wasn't going to just go like the, the same reservations come with like doing like stand up or something like that, right. where I'm not <clears> just going to go out to LA and start trying no, to stand up. I'm not going to quit my job and move to LA and do comedy. I just had a little too much grasp on the reality of what that, what right. that entails, which I think the people that succeed lack that, right. which is good. That's good though. Yeah. For those people, for me, I don't have that, which no. is unfortunate for me. But at the same time, I also know my own limitations too. Right. So I'm also kind of like aware that, I was just man. I was just so exhausted. I'm not going to be right. a Nick Cage or a John Travolta. They're, they're just too good. You're not going to make that Nick Cage money. They're too good. They're just too good. I just you know no. It really does come down. You just you there. You have to have a sense of not being. You have to be somewhat unrealistic to make it in that world. Yeah. And and I'm a little too realistic to do it. And now I'm even more realistic. But but there's ways to be creative and, and be at home. You yeah. know, we do a podcast. I do a radio show. I exactly, do, exactly. The person I'm with now, uh, we're, we're, we're... And those the, little flights of fancy, those little unrealistic flights of fancy, those are... I'll stop doing this thing with my arm, too, by the way. Yeah. I'm like, those little flights of fancy. Right. Um, the, those arrive in the form of ordering T-shirts. Right. And yeah, like yeah, that kind of thing where you're right. like, hmm, I think let's try to capitalize on this uh, somehow, right. how, some way. Because I did that when I was in my twenties. I start, I I started a production company, right? Yeah, called Harvey Bishop Productions, and I did like a whole bunch of T-shirts, and I had friends gracious enough to pay for them. That's really cool. That's really nice of them. <laughs> it is. We had Basement but, Boys T-shirts. Yeah, we had Times Pulley T-shirts. Uh, I am. Um, you know, I, I've done, I've done music at one point in my life. Like I've found things, outlets. You have to have an outlet. That's what it comes down to. Is like, are you going to be famous? Or are you going to have a nice hobby? Right, right. And, Every, and everyone, how needs, are you going to be able to? Are you going to be able to differentiate those exactly. two things? Like the person I'm with now, we're can, we're we're working on right now. We're working on storyboarding and the beginning steps of creating a, a a web series a comic book series yeah she's a fantastic illustrator and i'm a writer i went to school for it so that's what we're gonna do now like i don't need to own a comic book store i'll just make my own little web comic that's fun and maybe someone will read it right and i'm fine with and that and then whatever happens after that you move on to the whatever the next thing exactly. is exactly and that's exactly what it is. It's just you you create I think everyone should have a creative outlet. Like be creative and have a creative outlet. Absolutely do that. Yeah. But if you're gonna be realistic, don't open a comic book store. <laughs> don't move to LA and do comedy. Don't do comedy in a small town. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you want to be realistic, it's okay. It's okay to be realistic. But it's also okay to have that one foot off the you, ground right. to play around. Like to play around. You you have to play. 
I'll still do a comedy show right now, but I'm not going to move to LA and start a comedy act. Right. I'm not going to go move into an apartment in LA with five other and people struggle and 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 give up the career I've been building now to go wait tables in LA at, at you know right to try to sell my script. You know, you know, right. like it's not going to yeah. happen. Well. Yeah, if it's not gonna like you're in your 30s now, if it's right. not happening in you, if it didn't happen in your 20s, right? What part? Like, I mean, you you really have to have nothing to lose. That's the big thing, right? And you know, if you if you don't want to get married and have kids and have no desire to own a house, you know, and stuff like that, then by all means, right. move. Well, and there's those people that there's like some great character <laughs> actors that didn't start like working until they're in their 40s and 50s that's true but they had to start somewhere so i mean it's still it's and even those people still moved to la and struggled for years and years and years right just we just didn't see it right and right i I don't want to do that I don't know. I don't want to live in L.A. anyways. Like, right. I don't, that's, I don't, that, that's just it, too. Is I'll, like, I prefer to stick in the Northwest. Been there once. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm good. But I'm good with where I'm at. Yeah. I just think, I think it is so important to have that creative outlet. It really is. But it's okay to be realistic, too. Uh, agreed. 100%. Our webcomic will be fun. It'll be a fun thing to do. I'm excited to do it. Yeah, I've, I've been excited, uh, like brainstorming to come up with ideas. I've been, you know, like that. Even even just the planning of it, it's been fun. Even if we never do one issue or one panel, it's still fun to even talk about it. And maybe that's what it comes down to. It's just a I had fun a friend s- that I did that with for years. We talked about writing scripts. We talked about right. movie ideas, and. You know, I can think about it two different ways. I can think about it from the perspective of, boy, all that talk never amounted to shit. Right. Or I can think of it from the I the from the perspective of, those were great conversations I had and with a great much, friend. And how much fun was that? Yeah, and we laughed. I mean, when we come up with some funny <clears throat> like concept or ideas. We would, I mean, we'd revisit them. We'd laugh. I mean, it was just, just. See, and that's funny too, because I have a friend too that we talked about script screenwriting and stuff too. And and I think for a while I thought of it like what a waste of time that we did that. But now it's been even. I'm even further removed from it. Yeah, now. I it, I had the exact same feeling yeah. at one point where I was like, we can't believe we never did anything. Never did anything. We never amounted to skits. anything. I now I now I look back skits. on it, I'm like, that was really fun to one just of my even friend, talk about. one of my friends i we used to talk about we used to want to make skits we we're gonna get a video camera and just make skits like one two minute long skits uh just yeah. a quick joke move on you know and this same friend i could not see for six months at a time it was a friend i went to high school with and we talked about skit writing rights for years I could still see him now, and we still make references to old ass jokes we came up with <laughs> eight years ago. Yeah, and we still just joke around in the same. It's like we didn't miss a beat, like last week's shows. Right, exactly. It, it's so. I would never give that up now. I I look back on that very fondly. Like yeah. that was a great time. That was a good time. Well, we had a. Uh, I the, I'll talk about one idea just because it it just speaks to how like irrelevant it is. It has become at this point. 
you remember the the TV show Heroes? Uh-huh. Um, save the cheerleader, save the world. Right. I don't even remember how we got to what we got to, but I, there's a T-shirt um, that says save the monkey, save the world. Okay. And <laughs> basic, and I think the name, uh, what we were calling the, uh, it was super anonymous was what it was, what okay. the title idea was. And the concept was uh, that these were all people with superpowers mm-hmm. that went to an anonymous uh, therapy group. Oh, like like almost like AA kind of like yeah, or or even or more like a support group. Yeah, but also they but so but then they end up forming a. It was kind of had like a mystery men feel to it, okay. but I was like, it's it's. But in my head, I'm like, my idea is better than mystery men. Oh yeah yeah. Um, but if I think back on it now, I'm like, that was a really not very fleshed out idea. I mean, like one character we had, (laughs) had incredibly huge balls and I can't remember like, and I don't even remember what the, what his power was. Okay. (laughs) Well, but the the best part was he had huge balls where you bought, when you create something like that though. You bond over it. And you do, and you and you borrow stuff all the time. Oh yeah, I without mean, even knowing it or thinking about it too. And and sometimes sometimes it's best, you know, if you're if you're telling somebody an idea and, and they're like, oh, that's like Hellboy, it's it's actually good for you to recognize that because then you're like, oh, I need to go read a bunch of Hellboy then. Yeah, because that's because if you're gonna write a book, the best thing you can do is read a bunch of books, right? Because you need to see what it looks like. If you're writing a book, if somebody tells me they're writing a book and I ask them what they're reading and they're not reading anything, anything I get scared about that book. Well, yeah, because you should be reading a bunch. And, and the best thing is if you're going to read, if you're going to write a science fiction book, you should read a bunch of science fiction at that time. Cause then you can, cause when you look on the page, you, you start taking stuff that works. You start leaving stuff that doesn't work. That's like writing 101. If you take like a writing 101 class, yeah. like, you know, like a creative writing 101 like that's it. They tell you. Well, it's like George R. R. Martin didn't just think of Game of Thrones. No, no, no. You he didn't just wake up one day and be like, right. start writing this. You know, he drew on history. This, yeah, drew on lore. Exactly. Drew on all sorts of different. So, like the series that that Bree and I are creating, I've started. Uh, we've already talked about the stuff we we've talked about the stuff we're borrowing from. Yeah, and so now I've started watching and reading more stuff to do more research. Well, here's an excellent show that that borrowed a ton and and actually not it does a ton of nods was i don't know did you get to watch uh, future man yet watch the first episode you got to keep watching it i will it's okay it's incredible but they, but they point out the, the nods in that show they do they several well, of them they point out they they acknowledge and like well, give a nod to them here's the nice thing about the series we're creating is you know me i make a lot of pop culture references anyway Anybody who reads our series will know what we're borrowing from because we are satirizing a lot of horror something tropes. Yeah. Like right. we're because it's going to be a it's more of a it's a supernatural series. It's the the series itself is supernatural. I don't want to give too much stuff away because we're still f- uh, flushing out the idea. Right, but it's based on like a lot of supernatural lore and a lot of internet lore. You know, a lot of like no sleep lore, a lot of stuff from the internet, a lot of like old lore. And so 
when you read an issue of what we're wanting to put out, we want you to be reading it and think, oh, this, this is, is like this. This is from Amityville Horror. Right. Like, I want you to be reading it and go, oh, right. This is insidious. Like, this is, they're doing insidious now. Like, in, I'm, we very much want that. Like, because it's, if I'm going to write something like that, I, w- I want to include the stuff I love. And, and, you know, you watch, you do the same thing. You watch movies and you come up with your own scenario for that. How many times do you watch a horror movie and you put yourself in the place of the characters in a horror movie and you go, well, I would have done this. Right. Well, that's basically what we're doing. We're just answering questions. We're answering questions to when you watch it and you think, what would I have done in that situation? Right. We're just answering the questions. That's yeah. it. So, so yeah, keep an eye out. We're, we're hoping to have, have something done by the end of the year. Awesome. By the end of this year. It's kind of a New Year's resolution-ish. Yeah. Like, but, we, but that's like... So that's like the big thing is like that's awesome man. we want it to be very pop culture centric though it's very very much when you read it you go oh okay yeah that's sasquatch okay i get it now yeah well and you know while we're talking about uh well to go back to things that never got never were seen to fruition mm-hmm. i uh during the tail end of the basement boys days, mm-hmm. I like, well, even at, d- during the middle of the basement boys days, I nabbed up domains. Like I bought time spent poorly. Mm-hmm. I think I bought right. rage at work.com. Right. You did have rage at work. And then I bought uh alt celeb reality.com. Oh, see, and I did I ever, this. did I yes. ever tell you about the concept of that? Yes. I still like the idea of it. Yes. It's got kind of a, a little bit of an onion feel yeah. to it. It's, I know. It's I remember in that, this. in that vein. I remember you talked to me about writing articles about yeah. that. Yeah. Basically, this. it was, you know, there's no, you're, you're just basically writing from a different. Yeah, it's a different Different, different dimension, like basically. So, you're writing so like supposing that Corey Haim still lives some in some right. dimension. So, you right. could write a news article, basically, that revolves around. Corey Haim. Corey Haim. Right. Or, you know, or, or Michael or Jackson. And they don't always have to be a, celebrities that have passed. It could right. be celebrities that are or, alive in this universe. Like, still. like in this universe, Corey Feldman is like the biggest box office name that's ever happened right. still. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I still love the idea. Uh, another idea you had that was from a long time ago, really funny idea, and it was Letters from 2008. I don't remember. You oh. don't remember that? Maybe. Letters from 2008. You got to maybe refresh my memory. Cause... You would come up with this idea of writing letters from 2008, pretend letters from 2008 <laughs> that you would like write, where you like read them on the air, <laughs> but it was like stuff that was like completely wrong. Like it was just like it was like, man, I just bought my first house today. I can't believe they let me do it with no credit. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like. Like, man, what a consequence-free world we live in. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. You okay. remember that? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, like, I was like, right before the housing bubble, right before all, you know, just <laughs> stuff like that, you know, like no consequences. Like, yeah. So I've thought about that <laughs> stuff a lot, like letters from 2008, like just stuff that's happened over now over the last 10 years, you it, know. Right, yeah. 
And it, but at this time, it was I they'll mean, never was, ab- elect a black president, right? I <laughs> mean, now this is stuff you know. At the time when you pitched the idea, it was it was 2011. You know, yeah, it was still funny then, just having having been removed for only three years, right? It's even funnier now. <laughs> but like, yeah, like man, I just. I have an interview tomorrow with Harvey Weinstein. I'm really excited <laughs> what possibilities could come from this. <laughs> Luck be a lady tonight. You know, like, uh, yeah. it's still that's a great yeah, idea. Sign off is uh, what's her face from uh, Rose McGowan. Yeah, yeah. And I still uh, think that's a great idea. You know, <laughs> this doesn't do anything for the Me Too movement what i'm about to say great <laughs> you're like bring it on but please I'm ready please for share it. now all i can i appreciate rose mcgowan's contribution to this right movement 100 percent uh-huh. just say that out front but uh-huh this is a person to me that her most defining moment for me is when she wore that dress with the <laughs> To the, no, 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 no. When she got killed in the garage door in Scream. <laughs> and she's like that. hanging out and she's got these enormous boobies, boobs. And that's how she died. I mean, right. I mean, I couldn't, I don't know. That's all I, I can think. That's like the first image that comes to mind. And it's like, forget anything that comes out of her mouth. That's right. all my, and it's sad to say it <laughs> because I'm sure she's had plenty. Oh, well, sure. I know she's had Roles. plenty more yeah. Yeah. since then, and plenty. All I can more think to of, talk about. All I can think of is her gun leg in Planet Terror. Oh, there's that too. Yeah, that's all I can think of. Yeah, good old gun leg. Good old gun leg. Before we got a few minutes left, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the. Let's talk about the thing. The movie. Yeah. Saw. Yeah, I want to talk about it on the. Yeah, on the show. I do want to talk about it okay. on the show. I don't want to. I don't want to. There's no way to naturally segue into this, so I saw I've, I've been waiting to talk about this. I saw a movie, Derek. Okay. Um, I'm really stoked. It's um, well, <laughs> I won't go as far as to say this individual has been a hero of mine. Okay, but he certainly was an actor that re-entered prominence um in my lifetime in a in a formative time of my life um I'm, the actor i'm talking about is john travolta <laughs> he's, like, he's like john travolta something. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean he had i'm gonna say three different careers he had his seventies well, yeah. and eighties period where he did like the yeah seventies eighties we did like Greece and Greece like, and the Saturday Night Fever right. those things and then like then he like Urban Cowboy he hit his peak at uh, uh, the Look Who's Talking movies like I think people were like Ugh. see the, those were cringy put... but when I watched Look Who's Talking movies those were kind of made for me so I kind of thought Look Who's Talking was like a wasn't. Just, I just thought, I thought Luke who was talking was kind of a resurgence a little bit too. Maybe because those are 90s, but they were they were pre uh 
pre yeah that's true pre pulp fiction pre so they yeah. predated pulp fiction okay, okay. but they came right the last one i think came right before or right around the time that okay. pulp fiction came out so he kind of had this little but i mean it was kind of just a blip it was and, definitely look who's talking was definitely different than anything he'd ever done though, for sure right and and those movies weren't for everybody no. They were for me. They were for why? Because I was a kid. I, was a kid, I, was, yeah. I loved them. I love that movie too. But <laughs> I don't know that I love it now. No, I, no, I, I don't know if I can. Forever. I don't know if it's worth revisiting. But <laughs> I, I watched a movie the other day that just made me really just kind of question everything about John Travolta. Like, is he a good actor? Okay, so or. Has he just been lucky enough to have? So then there's so there's seventies and eighties John Travolta, like kind of dancey young Travolta. Then there's yeah. like nineties where we start seeing him as like the adult, right? Right, or, and or he an does adult. he does. But then he goes into badass Travolta, right? Right for a while. Well, he, he does he does Pulp Fiction, and Pulp then he fiction. does. But he's also doing like some touching pieces, like he's got Michael. That's he's true. He's got Phenomenon in there. That's true. He's got uh, the one where they're all lawyers. Um, oh yeah, working for the water, the poisoned water or whatever. I can't yeah, remember. Civil right. action, I think, is what it was yeah. called. William H Macy's in it. Yep. So he was working alongside some really talented right. folks. He worked Robert Duvall in Phenomenon and in Civil Action, and Robert right. Duvall is probably one of my yeah. favorite actors to watch. But they also did like the Tough Guy movies too. He was doing Face Off, Face Off, and Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow. I mean, that was his really his resurgence. He had all these like that's true. Yeah. Um, General's daughter. General's I daughter. That's that a was, good movie. Yeah. It, it, but was it? It was okay. No, I've seen General's daughter. But he was in, the, in good shape. I've seen movie. General's daughter in daughter. the last ten years. I've seen General's Hold daughter up. probably in the last five years. Even it's still good. That's still okay. a good movie. That's a weird movie. That's a good movie. Um, I know Face Off still holds up, and I know Broken Arrow does too. And then also one to point out too is when he's the bad guy in The Punisher. You take his face off. Anyway, that's Punisher though. He's the uh, bad guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Swordfish. I mean, he had this yeah. whole okay. career of movies, and not all of them were hits. Some of them were kind of floppy, but right. Uh, I mean, then at a certain point. And I'm seeing more and more of this from actors that I really adored at one time. Right. Um, even like Bruce Willis, I feel like Lionsgate has a yeah. like um, has something on Bruce Willis at this point because he'll do whatever. Because he's under he's like show like well there, there the comes three. a point in my life where I I was like I I have to own I'm going to own every Bruce Willis movie I used that comes to do that out that way too and then then it just came to a point where I, it's like I can't keep up. There's and that four, movie shit. There's four movie. There's four actors I've absolutely adored forever, and these four actors put out shit now. One of them is John Travolta, John the, Cusack, John Cusack, Bruce Willis, and Nicholas Cage. Cage. Now Nicholas Cage was these first all putting my, out shit. Those are my four favorite I'm gonna actors. Tell, I'm going to tell you. Those are the four. Fuck you. That I would have. No, I, I'm not. I'm not just making this up. No, Those I'm are sure. the four that I. John Cusack was my favorite actor forever. High Fidelity, Gross Point Blank. Gross Point Blank is still one of my favorites. Go movies. back in time 10 years from that point. Oh, Better yeah. Off Dead. Oh, yeah. Better Off Dead, fantastic movie. I made my kids watch that the other day, and they loved it. Oh, it's a good movie. It's a it's great so movie. so good. 
Um, yeah, no. So, but then now those those four actors put out crap. The first one I saw for John Travolta that was terrible was that From Paris with Love, and I was like, "Ooh, John, that's not great." Yeah, what are you doing? Nick Cage. Nick Cage has been putting out crap for a while. I mean, he's kind of one of those ones that like. I love. We for, talked about. We were talking about Nick Cage back in previous right. Basement Boys and how he would just do anything for a buck. Oh no! I mean, now on the hundredth episode, these guys I have, have that entered joke. this. I have that joke on Hundy. Yeah. The uh, Nick, uh, uh, there's a movie out there. Uh, we want you to play. A, a, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll play whatever. Like he, I mean, he's been broke forever, so he'll do whatever movie. Yeah. But John Cusack was. He waited a while before. I mean. 1408 still good you know like he he waited a while but then it started with john cusack it was 2012 the 2012 movie 2012 that's when it, I was that's like when it uh, uh-oh started the that was the first one i saw where i started point. to be like oh oh no yeah well and i would say for uh willis i think his turning point was probably the last die hard movie not the live free or die hard the because Russian. that one was good but i like the that one, one the new one the it's a good day to die hard yeah Terrible. I won't even. I won't even add that to my collection. No, it's bad. I've got all the Die Hard movies. Yeah, that I, I will recognize. I mean, and even Live for Your Die Hard wasn't amazing, but it still wasn't as bad as that. It, a good day to die. Hard. Yeah, it, it's uh, bad. That's a bad movie. Live I your, Yeah, we watched Live for Your Die Hard for, the other day. Fine. We watched all the Die Hard movies because yeah. I, I find nothing more enjoyable than making my preteens watch movies that they shouldn't be watching. Right, but. Um, well, I mean, keep in mind those movies were rated R in 1980, but rated rated G13 now. I mean, right? It's all the f bombs. It's really the f bombs, though. It's not any of the other contents. Fine, right? So, I mean, I mean, because everything they watch now is just as violent if it's PG13 still. Oh yeah, easily. just as violent. Easily. I think they're in Die Hard. There's some boobies in it, and there's swearing. Yeah. Yeah, Live Free or Die Hard is good, John but it doesn't McClain. it doesn't compare to no even the first three. The second one was kind of I I the rank them I rank them one three two yeah four same here and then five I don't even count no. I don't even look at that not one. even a little bit is awful. So what's the movie you watched? We watched a movie called Life on the Line. Okay, and John Travolta's character. Mm-hmm shows up on the scene in this at the beginning of the movie as this just hot shot lineman and a lineman's a guy that works on telephone or uh, right. or like uh power lines power lines yeah. yeah and he works with his brother so mm-hmm. he's and they're out in the storm and they're fixing power lines getting the power back on so people can charge their cell phones and shit mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. i don't think that's a line in the movie mm-hmm. it might be <laughs> okay <laughs> There were plenty of lines <laughs> in this movie. Damn. But so Good stuff. he gets he shows up on the scene like a rock star. He's a hero. He shoots up that line. He fixes it. He comes down. His brother, who's the more experienced lineman's like, Why you gotta do things so half ass? And he shoot he goes because he's like, You didn't do it right or whatever. I don't remember what the Exchange was basically, basically Travolta is like, hey, I did, I did, I did. <laughs> and he's got this big old beard, yeah, um, that I am pretty sure is spirit glued on. Okay, um, 
in the same related sense, if you saw from Paris with love, his head's completely shaved bald and he has a goatee, <laughs> then I am almost certain he did not grow. Yeah. The, <laughs> it's so fake. Yeah, this thing is fake. I don't and know if he can grow facial hair. He might not be able to. I, I, I know some people who can't. It's like <laughs> <laughs> That was too good. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but but he he's had beards in a few movies yeah. though where he doesn't grow beards naturally. He's in the same lines of Nicolas Cage who they always give long hair in movies who's clearly <laughs> like fucking bald and receding like he's a like, mother. Do it in this movie do I get thin <laughs> wispy long hair? Like he's like he's like I know I noticed in the I noticed in the he's like I noticed in the show notes that there's no there's no just direction for my long flowing thin, wispy receding hair like why does he always have long hair it's horrible yeah. <laughs> Even in Con Air, yeah. he had long hair in that, and it was still like way back. And you're like, yeah. man, that's bad, Nick. <laughs> Con Air, good movie. That is a good movie. That was another one of those good movies. It's a great movie. Oh, and he did. Uh... Even when he was doing some shitty movies, he did uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice, which I thought was good. No, actually, Sorcerer's Apprentice is very underrated. That's actually not a bad movie. And the and the uh, but here's the but here's the problem. National Treasure movies are good. But here, yeah, but here's the problem with his good movies though is there's so many of them now, and there there's so many bad ones peppered in there. You They're don't eclipsing know, the good ones. You don't know what to go see. You don't right. know what to watch of Nick Cage anymore because it's like. Like someone will be like, "Hey, you should watch Sorcerer's Apprentice. It's pretty good." It's like, "Oh, it's got Nicholas Cage." Is it right? though? It's Nicholas Cage, right? Even he's in he's in uh, Kickass, and he's one of the best parts of Kickass. That's the same. Well, that's the same problem I'm running into with uh, Bruce Willis anymore with his yeah. movies because I I have the same issue, right? Where before it used to be every Willis movie that come out, I don't care if it's right. like a, a rom com, I'm watching it. It's Bruce right. Willis. He's got to have something meaningful or valuable to bring to role. Right. Like, yeah, like the movie Red no. came out, and I'm like, Red's excellent. Red's a great movie. But it came out around the same time as that Cops movie he's in, directed by Kevin Smith, which yeah. was a terrible movie. Right. So, uh, so apparently comes he's really out. hard to work with, too. Right. So Obviously not with Lionsgate. but Not with Lionsgate, though. Lionsgate, we have $10 million. We can make... One really good movie for ten, one decent movie for ten million dollars, and we can make ten really bad movies with Bruce Willis. <laughs> There's a Bruce Willis movie that has uh, Hayden Christensen's in it. Yeah, and we did you watch it? No, nope. it's bad. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Uh, it looked terrible. So anyway, let's go back to this Travolta okay. thing. So they work on the line. He, goes, he shoots up the line. The brother goes up the line. Okay. Uh, the fix what Travolta screwed. By the up. way, terrible idea for a movie, just in general. Well, and they make it look the the, the premise is they make it look like it's based on a true story. Okay, it's not. Okay. We find out very quickly it is not. Okay, they've got the girl from the Tad Hamilton movie. Okay, Can't remember her name, right? But she's also in a movie with Kevin Spacey where she plays the love interest. To, I don't remember her name though. So yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, and they have De- it has Devin Sawa, who we haven't seen in a great while wow. in it, who now looks like uh, 
just an old, just a regular, average, just a dude guy. Yeah. Which is also kind of is he any good Peyton at it? Christensen? Uh, Devin Sawa. I mean, he, he worked a, with he worked with the material. I mean, he's okay. He, I liked him in Idle Hands, and Slackers? I liked him. Uh, Slackers is good. Slackers is good. Yeah. There's good movies that he's done. Yeah. I just he just kind of faded. Yeah, so did. I haven't we haven't seen him and stuff. But so it's got a Devin Sawa in it who plays like um John Travolta doesn't like him because he's pining after his niece. Okay. Whose parents died mm-hmm. um because John Travolta's brother got electrocuted fixing his mistake okay however many years ago 15 or something like that okay so but we see this in the beginning and then his and john travolta's brother's wife dies in a car accident on the way to the hospital to okay i'm with you so then john travolta who we later learned in the backstory re- recap used to be a biker boy that had to clean up and he had a big, his beard and his hair was longer at mm-hmm. one point because he was badass. <laughs> but he didn't clean up all the way because he still holds on to a little bit of his biker roots, okay. right? Okay. But anyway, so he's left to raise his niece now, who's played by the, you know, Tad by Hamilton now, girl, yeah. the Tad Hamilton girl. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that movie is the one I'm referencing. <laughs> well, whatever. But maybe it's because it's the only one I can remember her from. Okay. Um, it's also got Topher Grace in it. No, this movie oh, doesn't. Wow. But Topher Grace was in the Tad Hamilton. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But uh, he could have easily played the Devin Sawa character. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. sure. Interchangeable. They're the same two white guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, there comes a point in the movie where they have to do something and John Travolta looks like he's really struggling with this like he's having a real struggle with it mhm this is the clip i want to play for you okay because it's about the quickest turn from a struggle okay i've ever seen it's almost like if um <laughs> if a nazi was having problems operating the gas chambers like they're really like having some contemplative right issues with uh gassing the jews uh-huh and then someone's like but we're nazis and he's like well you're right <laughs> okay so <laughs> i'm stoked all right so here we go so here it is Hunter's gonna be okay you get through to control they got transformers popping everywhere the county is dark and they want us down to substation 12 now substation 12 still down i know and they're asking us to make it up and i don't want to send our men down there in the storm look what happened to hunter they want from us what do they want from us linemen bo it's what we do you got that right That's it. That's it. You got that right. And just, so All right. Th- Here's some plan. Pope Chop, you go to the hospital and stay with Hunter till his family gets there. All right. Russell, you stay here and help me fix this mess. <laughs> so they just do it? <laughs> you got that right. 
And then it just does it. It just uppercut. Like all this terrible <laughs> acting emotion, but what do they want from us? What By the way, want? there's no way that goatee is and for then, real. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then poke chop. His yeah. buddy Pork Chop. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a guy named Pork Chop. Right. Yeah. Uh, comes in and goes, We're Lyman, Bo. Is what we do. You got that right. Which was a callback to something that he said right. earlier in the movie. Stupid. And then, like a switch, a light <laughs> switch you might turn on if the power worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's like, You got that right. All right, here's what we're going to do. Right. Like, Two seconds ago, he didn't have a plan. Right. He didn't know what they wanted from him. Right. But now, and he's out there just throwing his arms around, just having this emotional breakdown breakdown over the whole thing. All of a sudden, he's like, this is what it's we're like, going to do. Oh, you reminded me. We are linemen. You're right. This is what we do. I just really like <laughs> that someone's finally <laughs> representing the career of linemen in a movie. <laughs> they finally... <laughs> I know, I know so many linemen who are thinking, finally, a movie for us. Yeah. What a stupid idea for a movie. Well, I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. Right. If it was based on a true story. Right, yeah. This was done. This started, I, when we started watching it, uh-huh. <laughs> I thought it was based on a true story, the way they were doing it. Right. Because they were editing like... Uh, like news clips and stuff. Well, no, not. But it was just being edited. It was being done in a kind of you know those Wahlberg movies that yeah. like, he's done where he's doing like the true of it based on true events. Right, shit. right. They were doing it kind of like that, and then it started to get really far, like <laughs> deeper and deeper, far fetched. And I start. I had to get on Google because I'm like, there's no way that all this happened to these people. Because I mean, there's a side story where. A lady's getting um, uh, the uh, there's a Tad Hamilton's girlfriend right. um, is also being sought after by another guy who wants to basically rape her. Okay, cool. um, so there's that whole side story that's going on. Obviously, I mean, as soon as that side story enters the thing, I'm googling to figure. It's like, is this really based on a true story? Because <laughs> they don't come out and say it's based on a true story, but they. They show up. They make it they, seem that They way. make it seem like it's based on actual events. And it's not. Not at all. Jeez. And so, I mean, <laughs> like I get, like I said, I could see it if it was uh, based on a true story. And it's what's the point in him wearing the fake goatee other than to the only thing that it does is establish the the time gap. Right, yeah. But shave it off then. If right. he's... Just be done with it, John. Right. But he's probably got he's probably got that chin thing to hide. Yeah. That right. you talk about. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, what do they want from us, Ward? <laughs> what do they want from us? We can't just keep doing this show. We're, we're podcasters, Derek. That's what we do. Yeah. You're damn right, we do. All right, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna. <laughs> wow. Good stuff. Yeah. I'll have to watch it now. You realize that, right? Yeah, you should watch it just so we can have, uh, we can revisit it. 
on the next episode. I mean, I've seen Nicole's <laughs> watched it with me, and she's gonna be on the next episode. I'll have to watch it then. So, I mean, I've seen Left Behind twice. So, <laughs> I mean, at this point, yeah, I really, I'm, uh, you know, beyond reproach. There, you know, I mean, we talk about not having enough time in this world to watch everything that comes out, but if you're gonna watch a shitty movie. Oh yeah, this is a shitty movie that you could add to you because I, mean, I like watching. Nicole and I though. immediately started making fun of it. Yeah, they, it was one of those. That's ones, a lot of fun, though. And, and we will, we will get five minutes into a movie. We won't give things a chance to even get the yeah get going. I'll turn to her, or she'll turn to me and be like, yeah. "Is this doing anything for you?" Right? Yeah, we'll we do like, that no, too. and change yeah. it and. We won't give things a chance. Right. Sometimes, like, so, sometimes something gets I'm just by. Just not though. in the mood. Sometimes something will get by though, and you're like, "Well, we're doing this. We're yeah. watching this." Something, something happened, and, and I don't know where it was in the movie. <laughs> Maybe it was when I was like, "Is that Devin Sawa?" I think. <laughs> I mean, I think that's how it was the first. I mean, you have to. I mean, I watched Left Behind twice, dude. I watched <laughs> Left Behind the first time, knowing it was going to be so bad. And then the worse I got, the more I kept watching, you know? And I was just like, I just kind of let it happen to me at some point, you, you know? And then I made somebody else it watch in. it. Yeah. I let somebody else watch it. I made them watch it. And they hated me for every minute of it. And I made them watch that movie. Uh, knowing how bad it was. Knowing it never got better. Have you watched the Kirk Cameron ones? Oh, yeah. 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 I watched him in church. Oh, did like you? youth group. Oh, uh-huh. <sighs> good stuff. It is good stuff. I had fun today. It's a good episode. That was a good episode. That was a lot. Was a little bit, we started out a little bit of a good stuff. A slow burn, but we built up to it. Oh, I think so. I think we that was really the that was the right climax we needed at the end. <laughs> oh my god, I, it's just so funny to see. Uh, you know, I also funny there are four actors that's like our rushmore you know i mean like that's like my rushmore for actors i, I yeah mean, I those loved. four are the ones yeah. for I watched, me would, that watched, I would... would watch every cusack movie john cusack almost looks like the type of, he looks like he's wearing a john cusack mask at this point yeah he looks terrible yeah i would agree i would tend he's to awful. totally agree Man. and i don't know what it is it, he either. doesn't look this he's not he just the same well. cusack no and uh, I mean, Nick's been bad for years. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we talked about Nicholas Cage on previous Basement Boys. So I right. mean, he's—it's just been a, a continuous build since then. I'll do it as long as I can have long, thin, wispy <laughs> hair. God, <laughs> my oh. forehead's so high. <laughs> uh, good show. Oh. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. Uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Basement Boys 2. Follow us on Twitter at Yonimus Prime at Basement Boys 2. Make sure you check out my other show at KLCZ88.9 or KLCZ.com sports program with Derek and Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else, um, else to pedal? Well, you can. <clears throat> If you're listening to the show on any other platform other than iTunes, but you have access to iTunes or an iPhone, anything you can do to help, or one big thing you can do to help out the show is go out there and write a review on iTunes. Yep. Uh, Give us a five-star 
review, the more we have, the more kind of exposure it gives us on that platform, which is a big one. Yep. Um, and I'm trying to think of what else. And if thanks you, for letting if us you come think back it's and... something that your friends would enjoy, share it yeah. on Facebook. Or if you're if you're not a fan on Facebook, go find the page on Facebook and like it. Like it. And thanks for letting us come back and soil your ear holes every single week. Yes, so we really have a lot of fun doing this. This is uh, this has been cathartic. It's been great. So good time. All right, Hi, everybody, have a good night. Thanks again for listening. Later. The intro music for this episode is Ready, Aim, Fire, and the outro music is Summon the Rock, spelled like Hawk, by Kevin McLeod, or Kevin McLeod of uh, Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License, uh, creativecommons.org. All right. Bye.